Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. even count does it really even fucking matter why would we play this shitty song it doesn't matter this game didn't matter like we're glad you're here we're we're glad you're here but we hate this music right now this is awful cut that shit short (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know about all that, but I mean, listen, the Phoenix Suns did lose to the Los Angeles Lakers 121-107, but like you said, does it really even count when you sit your big four? No. Does it, it really even count? It doesn't matter. It's the same thing that the Nuggies fans probably said the last two times that they played us without their their starters. Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Everybody's going through the motions. It's the end of the year. I mean, Anthony Davis and LeBron didn't act like they were playing either. So, I mean, it's <laughs> true. None of this matters. They, I mean, the Lakers literally looked like we did last night. They did. LeBron threw the ball off the backboard so hard, <laughs> I thought it was going to shatter for a second yeah. there. It was... Uh, it was tough. Yeah, but he did say my bad, so we all knew it was his <laughs> yeah, fault. It, so. was, it was his bad. It my was bad. His bad. Well, welcome in, everybody. We're happy to have you join us for the PHNX Suns post-game show. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Also, leave us a five-star review while you're there. I'm Lindsay. That's all. That's Gerald. That's Espo. Guys, like I said, the Suns fall to the Lakers, but we're not really counting this one. But let's talk about it for at least a little bit here. And we'll start off by looking inside the box. Uh, what's in the box? Give me the what's gun. in the fucking box? Nah, the- yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm supposed to read this. So 121, 107, Suns lost to the Lakers. Just look at the three-point shooting. The Suns were 9 of 36. <laughs> uh, the freaking Lakers were 18 of 36. Uh, I think half those misses were uh, one-ish Wainwright. Yep. Uh, and then <laughs> free throws. Suns were 12 of 14. The Lakers were 13 of 17. So there's an extra point. Fast break points. uh, Yeah, the Lakers had eight more than the Suns. And that's how you get a 121-107. Who gives a shit win for the Lakers? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's that simple. It doesn't matter. It is that simple. And uh, that's the last time we'll probably talk about stats against the Lakers this year. Yeah. That that three-point shooting, that was... That was rough. Yeah, thank you, Ish. I'm not going to lie. That thank one you. was the rough part. Very very much. Like, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for not hitting any threes at all whatsoever tonight. I mean, I appreciate you, Ish. I'm you sure you that. do, Lindsay. I'm <laughs> sure you do. O of 7 is impressive. Can no, we agree it's, on that? It's so <laughs> catastrophically awful. And he was wide open on every single one. But folks, if you don't know what's going on, I needed the Lakers to win by 6 to 10. Mm-hmm. And because Ish Wainwright couldn't throw a rock, 
into space. Oh. I lost my bet. So, uh, Terrence Ross, Ish Wainwright, uh, Darius Baisley, and Jock Landell combined to go 0 of 12 mm-hmm. from three-point land. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> yeah, that one's rough. That one's Thank rough. you, guys. We, we, Lindsay and I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. All right. We got a super chat from Frank. Thank you, Frank, for your super chat. Said, Shamit is so bad offensively, it's not even funny. Yep. You know, everybody struggled tonight, though, shooting. So all La- of them. Landry. Well, ha- Tori Craig was okay. Landry has gone to the bad place again. Uh, which camera am I looking at? This one? All right. Uh, Landry has gone to the bad place again. And the reason why we say it's the bad place is because earlier in the season, when he was in a groove, when he was playing well, offensively, he had more arc on his shot. I said it in the, midway through the, I think the second quarter, I was like, Landry's shot is so super flat again. I don't know what happened, but that's that's bad Landry. You know, as soon as you see the first shot go up from Landry, you could tell whether or not he's in a good rhythm or not. Uh, and typically when he's flatlining it, He's rushing a shot. He's going too fast through his own process, and he doesn't give himself much opportunity to really produce. So <sighs> back to the drawing board once again, Mr. Shamit. Didn't even come close to 35. Do you, do you know who One led more the game. Suns in plus minus tonight? Uh, Landry Shamit in plus nine. <laughs> that's, why, that's why plus minus doesn't matter for shit. He had five assists, four rebounds, three steals. Uh, and that two of nine shooting for seven points. So yeah, and the uh, both both of the buckets he knocked down were threes. This is true. Two of five from deep too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's kind of like I know Gerald. You were looking forward to this game to see who kind of stepped up, mm-hmm. who wanted to earn those extra minutes. Um, but it's got to be tough when you take out four of your key players. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean. These, Things change. Oh, it, they definitely do. Like these guys are used to being complimentary guys. They're used to being stuck in the corner, uh, cutting off the ball. And tonight they were asked to create and do a lot more than they normally are. Um, but yeah, I, I thought like all things considered, the big thing that's looming overhead has nothing to do with the game, obviously. Um, but I, I thought they fought and they made the Lakers work for it. And that's all you could ask from a group that's missing its four best players and TJ Warren on top of that. And yeah, I I was okay with the effort and they just couldn't hit shots. That's all. Yeah. I mean, they led for a large portion of this Mm -hmm. game, which Mm -hmm. floored me. You got to give them credit for that at least. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, these guys at at least put forth effort. I mean, more so than uh, than a lot of us thought. So. Yeah, they, they were they were fantastic tonight. I, it, honestly, if Biombo and Campaign don't get hurt, they might win this game. Like mm-hmm. very much. So I, I thought they were playing very good, and and I would disagree a little bit. I understand that they're all role players, but they've they all know how to play. Um, you know, especially most of those. I would say a majority of those guys come in when Monty was doing the platoon system for the longest time, so they know how to play without the stars on the court. Uh, and, and, and they took advantage of that. And that's what you wanted to see. You want to see them take advantage of the opportunity they got tonight. A lot of them did. I thought Jock, you know, Tori, uh, numerous guys really did play up to speed. Uh, I just, you know, sometimes things happen and you, uh, get guys injured and, and things kind of fall apart a little bit after that. Can I hand out a quick flower petal? A petal? Say, yeah, just a <laughs> petal. Uh, Saban Lee for trying to end Austin Reeves. <laughs> he failed, but it was impressive nonetheless. Uh, and uh, I just wish he had posterized. Yeah. yeah. Um, Zane in the chat, Zane1231 
says intentional injury by Davis threw his knee up and then grabbed Biombo's arm with both hands to throw him down. Uh, I completely disagree. I didn't. I don't think there was any intent on AD's part to try and injure Biombo in any way, shape, or form. And as soon as he saw Biombo on the ground, he came over um, to to see if he was okay. I, these guys aren't trying to get anybody hurt, especially considering the fact that the Lakers are also like trying to just coast to the end of the season. Like nobody's nobody's out there trying to get anybody hurt. Uh, so I I just don't see that. Uh, Andy, Unless you guys saw something different. Anthony Davis mm-hmm. ain't making contact on purpose with anybody. The <laughs> way that true. guy gets injured, Mister Mister Glass ain't trying to ain't yeah, trying to smash yeah. into anybody. Yeah. So the unfortunate part of tonight's game was that we had two injuries happen to Suns players. Mm-hmm. Bazemak Biombo kind of seemed like it was knee to knee contact there, and then uh, campaign also oh, yeah. took a kind of a nasty fall. Hurt his lower back is what the sons had said. He hurt his ass. He bruised his tailbone. Let's let's call it like it is. Listen, it's butt I'm just soreness. Going based on what the team has said, mm-hmm. lower back and soreness or injury or something like that. Yeah, I mean that's obviously the biggest thing out of this game. Unfortunately, is they were resting key guys to avoid injuries, and they got two to a couple key bench players. It's just unfortunate you can't control that sort of thing. Um, pains I'm hoping is just a precaution because he took a fall and it was hurting. He seemed to be moving fine after that. He closed the first half and then didn't come out for the second. So hopefully that's just a playing it safe type thing. Let Saban Lee get some minutes in a meaningless game. Uh, as for busy, he was kind of writhing in pain on the ground and it did not look good. It's better that it's a contact injury, honestly, than a Mm non-contact, but, uh, we're just going to have to wait and see what the diagnosis is there. The good news is, like we've talked about, Jock Landale played really well off the bench tonight. Uh, we know that he can hold down those backup center minutes if need be, but obviously you would like to have your full complement of guys, and hopefully it's not serious for either one of them. Yeah. I, I need a knee contusion, I guess. Hopefully that's what it's, it was. What I was saying. It, Somebody in the chat just said that Monty said, thank goodness, or something like that. So, so I don't Monty, know. So Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central tweeted out, Monty, it, Monty Williams is thankful Bismack Biombo and campaign had, oh, yeah. quote, impact contusion type injuries. Okay. That's good news. Yeah, that's, that's great news. Uh, you know, one of the things that obviously they do when they're testing your knee is they, uh, they, they kind of prop it up with your foot flat on the ground, and then they wiggle it or, like, kind of prop it forward to see if there's any give. Uh, which would mean like it would indicate some type of ligament damage, usually your ACL. So if they did that and, and it was still intact, everything seemed firm, uh, just a lot of pain because, you know, knee to knee, then that's the best case scenario that, it, especially when you see somebody like Biombo, who's a really tough guy, go down and, and be writhing in pain like that. So hopefully it's no big deal. They got a week off after Sunday and you know, hopefully they can heal up and be ready for game one. Well, and you don't. It's not like Sunday is a meaningful game either, so it's not like you need campaign or Bismack Biombo to play in that game. No, they either, won't. So. They won't. Yeah, Saban Lee getting forty-two minutes. Yeah, you have Sunday. plenty of time, <laughs> thankfully. So that's good news. We'll keep you guys updated on if we hear anything additional from the team before then. But at least we can kind of rest easy a little bit, knowing uh, what Dwayne gave us within that update. All right. Uh, one other sad part about tonight's game was that all three of us lost our bets yet again. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I'm used to it. it has gotten very difficult to bet on the Suns this last week of the regular season. So we are all now ten dollars 
lighter in the pocketbook. But what does the leaderboard look like, Emma? Let's just see where we're sitting before she our final game. She just doesn't look cute at all. You guys just keep losing money. I know. Oh. I'm back in the 200s. I'm out of the threes now, and that sucks. So Saul has $236.63. I have $296.80. And Espo, you got $164.50. I'm calling in a loan, though. I'm going to get some extra money to... To bet on Sunday. Oh, you so. think so, do you? So, obviously, our competition comes to a close on Sunday. <laughs> We're doing it Jeopardy style, where we are keeping our bets a secret for that game, and we are allowed to bet as much as we have in our account. Uh, account. So, you, you don't have to, but you can. It's up to you. So, it'll be kind of fun to see what shapes up on Sunday. It's going to be wins. very, very interesting. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, if you haven't signed up for the BetMGM uh, Sportsbook yet, you absolutely should. Make sure that you use that bonus code PHNX when you sign up, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. So here's how it works. You just download the BetMGM app, and again, you sign up using that bonus code PHNX. You place a pregame money line wager in the amount of at least $10 on any market at standard odds price. And you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly, regardless of the outcome of your wager, which is actually really helpful this late in the season. <laughs> no matter what, you're going to get $200 in bonus bets. Again, just make sure you use that bonus code PHNX and you sign up. Now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Weekend is just around the corner. I'm sure everyone's going to be out and about whether you're checking out the last Suns game of the season or Easter plans or what have you. Make sure you have snacks along the way. Everybody knows when family time is involved or you're really busy on the weekend, snacks save the day. The best place to get snacks are, of course, Circle K. We love Circle K here at PHNX, whether it's for coffee, beer, the snacks, premium gas, or a delightful Polar Pop that stays colder longer. You can get everything you need at your local Circle K. So make sure you're not missing out on all that great stuff. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. Another pro tip. If you forgot to get an Easter basket or Ooh. something and you need to run. They're open get late. Something. Open late, open <laughs> yes. early. You can always get what you need. Open late, there. open early. So. I'm, I guarantee you, you'll be able to find at least like the um, Reese's mm -hmm. in the Easter packages mm -hmm. 100% of the time. You could even get eggs there. You can. At some Circle K's, you can get eggs yeah. and you can be like, hey, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt. You can with be, these plain eggs. You could be the the cool parent and be like, <laughs> I got like all these sodas that we hit around the house instead of eggs. Exactly. Enjoy. Like, Not too so. bad. All right, let's hand out some flowers. Our flower crown tonight is gonna go to Tori Craig. Congratulations, Tori Craig. Finished with 18 points, six rebounds, oh, and four blocks. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of nice. Yeah, he was fantastic tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, again, like, I don't know if he just gets rejuvenated just being on the bench and saving those extra couple minutes, but uh, it, the the old Tory is back, which has been great to see. He's got some bounce in his legs. He's mm -hmm. got some enthusiasm. 
Uh, the energy has been infectious. Like he's playing at a very, very high level, which is fantastic. He was there was a stretch there where he was just kind of taking over the game. Mm -hmm. like, it was fun to watch. Everybody loves Tory Craig. I mean, how can you not? Yeah, yeah. you're gonna need that guy that we saw tonight out there in the playoffs off the bench. I mean, he really can do it all. Yeah. Like he was in music videos, and now he's doing this. Like it's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, I, I love the uh, the confidence shooting from three. That's gonna be key for him in the playoffs. He can't hesitate. Um, he was even hitting like some step back shots in the mid range a mm -hmm. little bit. So he's been been watching some of his son's teammates. But you, that's kind of one of the small silver linings of a game like this is let these bench guys who are going to be called upon to take a limited number of shots and make them go out there and get a couple shots up in a game like this. Yeah. Didn't Tory Craig like? Mm, LeBron early in the game too. Oh yeah, Torrey Craig were, was like LeBron. Who? There were back-to-back -back <laughs> possessions where Busy hit a hook shot over AD, and then Torrey Craig bodied LeBron to the basket. I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" I loved it. It was probably my favorite part of this whole game. Yeah. But um, I'm just, I'm so shocked that Torrey Craig like can handle the abuse that he takes night in and night out. Like that yeah. guy is. If you want to talk about somebody being built different, it's Torrey Craig. <laughs> oh, he's old school. No like, way. yeah, <laughs> insane, complete insanity. So congratulations, Story. Uh, also, we got to give a flower to Jock Landale, our guy. Uh, he had a good game tonight, and especially with Busy going down, Jock had to fill in those extra minutes, and he finished with a double-double tonight, 17 points and 10 rebounds. He also had two assists in there as well. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I know, I, I, Moving right on. He, he did. I mean, that uh, is factually yeah, correct. Yes. Yes. Accurate. yes. <laughs> Damn. I don't I know what to say. I was a little stumped. I don't know why I was. Yeah. I just was like, I have nothing to add. I'm sorry. No, I mean, like I said earlier, Landale has proven that if you give him minutes, he will produce for you. He's been a guy that if he plays upwards of 15 to 20, he can get close to double double territory. So. Um, and efficiently, too. You know, I know he missed a couple of open jumpers, and that's something that in the playoffs you would love for him to be able to knock down one or two of those to spread the defense even further. But um, he's good at punishing switches. He's good at operating down low. He runs the floor hard. He has a great motor in that way. So um, I, I obviously it's great news that Busy hopefully is not going to be out for too long. But even if he is, you feel confident that Jock can at least – produce when he's out on the floor i'd argue there's certain matchups this playoffs that you should be having jock be your backup regardless of busy's status i mean mm -hmm. you see he can crash the boards he can score and at some point i think you're gonna need some of that offense from that position more so than busy can give so it's good to see even though he hasn't played uh, major minutes in a handful of games uh that he can still go out there and and show up when called upon. So. Jock has got one thing he's going to have to work on this entire offseason. One thing. And that's shooting from the perimeter. Uh, because you just can't help but feel that if he could shoot from the perimeter consistently, he would get far more minutes than he does. Because he'd have that versatility to, to be able to pull the defense outside um, and open up the lanes. And I mean, could you imagine this? I, you, can, you, you saw a little bit uh, when Kevin Durant first started with the Suns how things kind of opened up. They they really liked playing with each other. You haven't seen that so much lately, but uh, but I, overall tonight, yeah, Jock was was fantastic. And he always plays hard. He always plays hard. He does. Hard. You know, and I think that's something that Jock can figure out this offseason because he did, when we first talked to Jock, didn't he tell us, like, he basically taught himself how to shoot threes? Like, he knew yeah. coming into the NBA that needed to be 
in his bag. So he went and he focused and put all of his energy into learning to shoot threes efficiently. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what kind of has changed this season or did if he, it's if it's maybe a little mental. Did he look but at he'll you, get back to did that. Did you look at YouTube videos like Embiid? Maybe I don't know. Did you hear remember. what Embiid said? <laughs> that he, he said, taught, taught himself to play. No, 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 he, no. Said he, just, yeah. he just looked up YouTube videos of white guys shooting threes. <laughs> That's yeah, I didn't know that was the headline. That's hilarious. I think for Jock, it is a little bit mental, though, because it, it, he hesitates. Like he was open uh, at the free throw line at one point tonight, and he hesitated before he took the shot. And I think if he just was fluid with and just went ahead and shot, I think he'd be better off. So uh, some of that's got to be the inconsistency in minutes, too. Probably. Like, so. All right. Um, okay. Gerald. Yes. Are we playing the Clippers in the first round or nah? Like, I know this so, is super complicated, but what yeah, can you I'm tell us? I'm low-key, like, trying to check my math and the scenarios here to make sure I have this right. NBA tiebreakers are very complicated because you have a list of things that you go through if you have two teams that are tied or if you have three teams that are tied or four teams that are tied. If I'm looking at this right, and I'm going to have <laughs> to double-check this before I send these tweets out, but... If the Clippers go 2-0, and then they will get to 44 wins, um, and they will be the five seed, even if the Warriors win and get to 44 wins as well because the Clippers own that tiebreaker. If the Clippers go 1-1 one and one and the Warriors win their final game, then the Warriors are the five seed by virtue of having a better record. If there's a four-way tie between the teams that could get to 43 wins, the Pelicans are the five seed. If there's a three-way tie between the Clippers, Lakers, and Warriors uh, at 43 wins, the Clippers get the edge in that three-way tiebreaker. If it's a three-way tie between the Warriors, Lakers, and Pelicans, the Pelicans are the five seed. And if it's a three-way tie between the Warriors, Clippers, and Pelicans, the Pelicans are the five seed. Okay, can I just say this? And this may sound crazy. The Pelicans, I don't want anything to do with. Especially the fact that Zion might be back. <clears throat> For, for well, I mean, his 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 timetable is yeah, it got he doesn't have a timetable, so yeah. he's out right? throughout he's out the play-in. Play that doesn't rule him out definitively, but it's not good that he's not. Yeah, that the the update didn't go the other. I way. mean, you're I hear you though. You're like basically banking. Well, in that in those scenarios, both can. I think I got this right. That that would mean that the Warriors would lose their next game against the Portland Trailblazers, and the Clippers would, could only win one out of their next two. In order for the Pelicans to even have a shot to get to that five seed, correct? Yeah, but then the Pelicans have the tiebreaker against basically so all of those. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is like you're you're banking on the fact that the Clippers are going to go over, and and so will the Warriors, and I just don't think that's going to happen against the Portland Trailblazers because each one of those teams has right. to play the yeah. has has to play the Portland Trailblazers. Right. More than likely, it's going to be either Warriors or Clippers because, like you said, yes. the Warriors have the tanking Blazers. Uh, when is that tomorrow? Or no, Sunday. They have the Blazers on Sunday. The Clippers have a back-to-back -back Saturday, Sunday. They play the tanking Blazers and then a Suns team that could be resting guys and might have incentive to let the Clippers win that game if you don't want to play the Warriors. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it'll be either Clippers, Warriors, but in the event that the Warriors somehow drop the ball against the tanking Blazers squad, that opens up a whole new... A whole new world. Yeah, as unlikely as it might be. 
So we should. I don't give a shit what you think about my singing. (laughs) (laughs) We know. So basically, what we're telling you is that you're going to need some OGs to kind of get through this uh, because it's a little nerve wracking and everybody needs to just chill. And also, Sunday might not be that fun. From a basketball perspective. So be high off your ass. Yeah, I mean, I, basically, I think Lindsay has just said we're all going to be on OGs, well, even Lindsay. I'm just let's talking go. about, you know, they, I mean, they just, have a happy balance. Stuff, just go with it. They have a, literally just, have a happy balance gummy. For a little bit. A happy balance gummy, which is yeah. a one-to-one THC to CBD ratio. And they got the nice strawberries and cream uh, flavor, yeah. which is so yummy, yummy for your tummy. <laughs> and you can get yours. All you gotta do is go to ogsbrands.com. Yeah, my singing.com uh, <laughs> uh, to, to check out your nearest dispensary. Most of them got it. It's all good. You gotta be 21 and over and you gotta enjoy it responsibly. Yes. Also, um, we just dropped a new collab shirt with OG's brands. It's now live. And if you want to get your hands on that super dope tea, make sure you get your tickets to Buds A Palooza. And join our PHNX crew on Friday, April 14th in downtown Phoenix because we'll be hanging out with our friends over at OG's. They'll be doing a special edition of the OG's PHNX Variety Show live from Budsapalooza. And that's where you can buy that OG's PHNX collab t-shirt. So get all the information you need at budsapalooza.com and we'll see you there. Hey, I got a question. Sorry to throw you off. You're fine. So we've had this debate and I Uh want your guys' intake. Phoenix on the OG shirt. What OGs do you think he takes? Oh, that's a happy mm. balance. I mean, oh, Phoenix He's is one. Spicy. No, that's definitely sativa. One hundred percent sativa. Oh, yeah. So, what flavor? I said tropical. I personally said tropical. Wait, is sativa is the one that that is get your energy up, right? Yeah. yeah. Not a chance. If he's on sativa. If he's on sativa, he's gonna be angry little bitch. That's yeah, the way Yeah, have you seen Phoenix his Twitter? Says. Have you seen Phoenix his Twitter? Is, is it angry? Tell he's, me he's not an angry he's a little bitch. Phoenix hasn't tweeted for a while, so well, yeah, because he's, he's been, been chilling he's been so with those, angry. those sleepy time gummies, yeah. just chilling out, taking all yeah. the naps. This in the is world. definitely a spicy Phoenix. Yeah, that's sure. a spicy Phoenix. All right, guys, uh, I want you to prepare for this next segment. This next segment's gonna be sponsored by our friend at Shady Rays. Okay. Uh, new friends of the program. I'll tell you about Shady Rays here real quick. They offer some of the dopest sunglasses that you are going to find. Not only are they super dope, but they're well made. And Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacement. So if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So they've got your back long after you purchase. You see all four of us are rocking our Shady Rays right now. So you know there's a wide variety of uh, selection for you guys to choose from. They also have blue light sunglasses or just normal glasses for the computers. Um, You can get a prescription put into glasses. They've got polarized glasses everything you need and exclusively for our listeners shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season just go to shadyrays.com and use code phnx for 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people right now we're going to throw some shade at the dallas mavericks we got a super chat from laking ball and said are we going to talk about how the mavs really just tanked and got eliminated and also thank the camera for catching Mark Cuban laughing at the end. Yes. Yes, we are going to throw some shade. Leo sent us one, too. Said Luca going to Cancun with Bad Bunny and Kendall. 
He is. <laughs> Put him on the PJ, y'all, because they out. It's over, baby. <laughs> Bye, Dallas. Enjoy your vacation. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Oh, man. Look, I'm not, I don't even care about the Suns Mavs things for a minute. I would just like to say to all the people that were on my case about not wanting to trade for Kyrie Irving for weeks and for months, I to, told you so. To be fair. I told you so. To be fair. Uh, to the, be fair. The Mavs. Don't. The Mavs did play Don't better with it. Kyrie on the court than with Luca. I'm aware of that. And but I they am also... so on board with Luca being so <laughs> slandered right now because you know what, Dallas Mavericks fans, just get in here for a little bit. Come, come close to Daddy Saul. Oh All right. God, again. Uh, listen, Enough. listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Hate on me after this, okay? Uh, Luca is a fraud. He will always be a fraud. Oh he is going to be a stat stuffer and nothing more. He will never win a championship because nobody likes to play with him, oh, period. God. He needs the ball in his hands all the time. He whines with the ball in his hands all the time. Nobody likes him outside of Dallas. Get used to it. Sorry, Mavs. Have fun in Cancun. It's going to be a blast because your boy Luca is probably going to oh, you know, have I a mean, good time. Too. Okay. Uh, Can I say, though, that I do think that it is unfair that guys like Book earlier in the season get flack for where their teams are at? I think Luca does deserve he does. to 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 shoulder a lot of the the burden of this whole thing and the responsibility of them missing the playoffs. Now, granted, did the organization make the decision today to hold a lot of their players out? Sure, but you don't miss the playoffs in one game. No, I'm just saying, if as as I mean, an all star, Luca <laughs> is an all star. Right? Yeah. He has yeah. to have yeah. some responsibility for where they ended up. This oh, yeah. he, he absolutely does. Like Saul mentioned, the splits with him and Kyrie on the court were positive. With Kyrie and him off the court were positive. With him on the court and Kyrie off were negative over the last two months or so. But they also went 9-17 and 17 after they traded for Kyrie. So, I, I mean, look, I said it when they made the trade. I said, I don't think this team is going to be as good as people think. They're going to look at Luka and Kyrie and they're going to forget about the defense that went out the door with Spencer Didwinney and Dorian Finney-Smith. This team was atrocious defensively. They don't know how to build around their best player. And now they're looking at a situation where they're going to have to overpay to keep an injury-prone headache off the court who has not meshed that great with the superstar and what they're trying to build. So, yeah. look, good luck to the Mavs on that one. That's tough. Um, I'm not going to say anything about Luka specifically because guess what he almost single-handedly sent our asses home in the midst of our best season last year but but that is, was last year but it's kind of funny it's kind of funny the way this happened guess what say you, you don't have to say anything about luca because i will join me back over here all right <laughs> where's your messiah now dallas oh, no. oh, that's God. right oh, he's God. a fraudulent mvp candidate can we say it and Luca's a hoe. That's a fact, Jack. Because the Dallas Mavericks are the most fraudulent team in the NBA. Suck it, Mark Cuban. Suck it, Luca. Get the hell out of here. Gerald's like, I wish this was a solo shot here. I I know Gerald's not here for the Luca slander. I know this. I I and I appreciate that he's He's trying to take the high road on this, but fuck Luca. I mean, and all those Mavericks fans that were, listen, Devin Booker got slandered for the first couple years of his career for not getting to the playoffs, 
for not, you know, getting to a championship, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Devin Booker does it, and he still gets slandered. You know why? Because the guys like Luka, they get all this hype, even though they don't do shit. They did. They had one good run last year. I'll give them credit. They beat our ass. Can't do anything about that. But this year, you come back, you lost a couple pieces like Jalen Brunson, and you lost Dorian Finney-Smith, and you lost uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Major pieces to a team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year, and you got Kyrie Irving back. You reap what you sow. I hope Dallas never wins another game for eternity. (laughs) It won't happen, but I can always wish. Um, I just... I think it's really funny that Mavs fans are mad at Suns fans today. Like we were also beefing today because Suns fans, of course, bookmarked all the tweets that Mavs fans sent out telling us to bookmark these tweets saying we want book and we want the Suns in the first round and all that shenanigans. So then today when they were officially eliminated from the playoffs, Sun's Twitter had a heyday with it. As they should. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, this beef between fan bases isn't, I don't think it's going to ever end. If you can talk shit, I really shit, don't think you, it's going to ever end. If you can talk shit, you have to take shit yes. when yeah. you take your L's. Yep. And today, mm-hmm. that the roles were reversed finally. Because, yeah. like, you know, they were giving us shit for 11 months. Well, you know how many times we saw that fucking Devin Booker, Luka Doncic meme. And now you got to flip it on them. Dude, Sorry. We sat here. After game seven, mm-hmm. and we took our big ass L, and we had all the Mavs fans, all the Mavs fans <laughs> in our chats, mm-hmm. giving us all types of shit left and right. And you know what we did? We're like, you know what? We got nothing to say. You beat our ass. That's how it was. Wrong. Well, you got your comeuppance now, there, Dallas. <laughs> At want- least now we can move on from that because no, we will never. Well, move on from I that. think I think it, it evens the playing field now. There's there's no like you can't bring up game seven and then miss the playoffs the next year. That's true. You can't. You know what I mean? The so rules. I feel like next year it's an even playing field again. They they wanted us again in the playoffs. We held up our end of the bargain. I don't see you guys. <laughs> I don't know. Well, okay. That's your uh shady rays throwing some shade uh segment of the show here. Gerald? Yes. You got some breakdowns for us? I do indeed. I should probably take these off. I know, right? Like the segment. As Um, much as I like these glasses, I feel like I can't see out of them in this dark. I'm going to keep rocking them. Yeah. So obviously, there's not a lot to take from a game like tonight's game when it's all mostly bench guys. But um, this is something we saw down the stretch against the Thunder a few games ago and then again um, against the Nuggets the other night. It's something I've alluded to a few times and written about at GoPHNX. But I wanted to take a look at some of the sets that the Suns run down the stretch, specifically their double drag action, and how they're able to get a different result every time. So this is the first of three straight sets that they ran of double drag, uh, or what's called a 77 action, where two guys come up near the top of the key to set staggered screens for the ball handler with one guy in each corner to space the floor. So on this one, Chris Paul being defended by Reggie Jackson, Devin Booker setting the first screen on Jackson to Paul's right with his man, Bruce Brown, right behind him. And then DeAndre Ayton is following up with the second screen. So his man, DeAndre Jordan, is behind him near the top of the paint. Torrey Craig is in the strong side corner with his man, Christian Brown, to help in help position. And Kevin Durant is in that weak side corner with his man, Peyton Watson, playing him pretty close to start to play. So after the first screen, the Nuggets switch Jackson onto Booker and Booker pops out to the three point line. Paul comes off the screen to his right. 
Brown, who's switched on to Paul, fights through DA's screen, but still needs DeAndre Jordan to temporarily show and cut off his driving lane. Watson on the weak side over there takes a small step over toward the paint with the play developing on the opposite side of the floor. So Brown does a great job recovering, keeping his hands up to deter any passing lanes for CP3. Jordan maneuvers the gap pretty well too, cutting off a driving lane, and Paul picks up his dribble while also staying close enough to discourage hitting DA on his roll to the free throw line. Watson is fully in the paint from the weak side, but with Brown's hands in Paul's face and because of the angle that Watson has for a potential cross-court pass, Paul just swings the ball back to the left side with Booker near the top of the key. That's okay, though, because the Suns are perfectly happy with this outcome. They're going to let Booker go to work against Reggie Jackson rather than one of the best defenders in Bruce Brown. So this is the switch they wanted. Paul spaces out to the three-point line on the right wing. DA drops down into the dunker spot near the baseline, and that's to keep Jordan glued to him. Booker blows by Jackson because, of course, he does. And the Suns add a clever little wrinkle on the strong side to make sure Book doesn't see too much help. So Torrey Craig, who's been standing in the corner, cuts diagonally to set a back screen on Chris Paul's man. And without turning his head, Bruce Brown feels the contact from Craig, which makes him assume the Suns are really running something to get Paul open for three. So his natural inclination there is to fight through that back screen while Paul drops into the corner rather than step up and provide help on Booker's drive. Christian Brown has basically switched onto Paul, ensuring he can't rotate over and stop Book. And then Durant lifts up a bit to keep Watson stuck to him. DA sinks lower to the baseline, pulling Jordan away from the play where Booker's driving. And the end result there, Booker gets an easy floater over the smaller Jackson with Bruce Brown trailing the play and both Jordan and Christian Brown unable to step and help up. So that was the first one that they did. And then on the very next possession, they ran the exact same set um, against the Nuggets with the exact same defenders. Uh, So Jackson switches on to Book popping out again, but this time Brown is right on CP3's hip, coming off the staggered screens, and DeAndre Jordan is in drop coverage this time to take away DA's role. Paul sees the space and takes on the challenge. He drives into the lane. He forces Jordan to deter his path to the rim, and with Kevin Durant in the weak side corner, Watson nearly has both feet in the paint, while Christian Brown stays attached to Torrey Craig in the strong side corner. Paul gives his old teammate Jordan a slight hesitation dribble like the ball is his yo-yo. He baits Jordan into leaving his feet, and that extra split second gives Paul his path to the baseline. So with Paul so close or so far under the basket and DA continuing his roll to the dunker spot, Watson has already fallen into the trap. He has to help on DA's roll, and Paul knows that Watson has both feet in the lane and has turned his back on Durant at this point. So Paul jumps past Jordan out of bounds, looking for the corner. Watson knows he's, what he's about to do, but he's too late. The point guard flings a perfect bounce pass under his outstretched arm. And the result is an uncontested left corner three for Kevin Durant. Uh, our friend from the four-point play, David Nash, tweeted this out today. But in his last three games with the Suns, Kevin Durant has made five triples from the left corner. In his 15-year career, he's only made five or more corner threes in an entire season four times. So it's not a shot that he gets very often, and the Suns are already making defenses pay for leaving him because that's a guy who shoots 43% from the corner for his career. Then on the last possession, this was the third straight time they ran it. Same configuration, same defenders. Jackson switches on to Booker, but after what happened last time, DeAndre Jordan hedges hard onto Paul to keep him outside of the three-point arc. Brown is in hot pursuit, trying to catch up to the ball handler. And then with D.A. rolling into the lane, Brown and Jordan try to show hands as Paul picks up his dribble, preventing an easy feed to Aiton on the roll. 
The weak side defender Watson has to come across and put both feet in the paint. And this is the subtle brilliance of Paul. He sits and waits because he knows Watson still has the last play in his head where he left Kevin Durant open for three in the corner. So he holds the ball. He gives a quick little pump fake to draw Brown and Jordan to him like a magnet. And he waits to see what choice Watson is going to make as Aiton continues his dive. So Watson tags Aiton on the roll because he has to, but he's completely behind him as DA seals just outside the restricted area. Paul's pump fake threw Brown and Jordan's timing off as far as trying to deflect his pass. And Paul initially picked up his dribble with 13 seconds on the shot clock. He doesn't pass until two seconds later, but the patience pays off. So it's almost mean for the Suns to pick on a guy who's trying to get developmental minutes and is eager to prove himself. And they prey on his lack of experience and his desire to kind of avoid making that same mistake twice. You can see the balls in the air to DA. Watson thinks Paul is about to rocket a pass over the top to the weak side corner. He's about to dash back out to KD to guard that shot, but he realizes too late that it's going to Aiton, who is now near the basket. So Watson recovers. The only thing he can do at that point is catch and foul Aiton on the shot. DA made both free throws. So on three straight double drag sets, the Suns got Booker on a floater for a mismatch, a corner three for KD, and a quality look at the rim for DA that he got fouled on. And this is the type of thing that as much as opponents will know your plays, as long as you have multiple weapons within those sets that you can go to, little wrinkles like that, it's going to make you really hard to stop come playoff time. They got options. Yeah, you brought up the corner threes with KD, and what I found interesting was the you know the two other times he's made more than he has with the Suns were two seasons with the Warriors, which mm -hmm. is where he was surrounded by the most talent, where you defenses can't just uh, focus on him. They have to focus on everybody. I think this is a trend we're going to continue to see in the playoffs just because you can't guard everybody on this team. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Gerald. We appreciate your insight there. Uh, we did get two super chats from Office. Thank you so much, Office, for your super chat. They sent us a couple stickers. The first one was a vomiting face, according to the way that um, <laughs> our system here <laughs> describes these things. And the other one was a money mouth face. So thank you, Office. We appreciate your stickers. Okay, guys. So JJ Reddick and the Dunker Spot had a conversation here recently, and they talked about the Suns. Um, and they asked the question, what's stopping a healthy Suns team from having a perfect offense? So, Gerald, you showed us some of the things that they did last night. Mm -hmm. Let's see what these gentlemen had to say. I think KD eases a lot of the concerns that I had before the trade. If we're talking, hey, the second unit, I know depth is a, is a thing that's being talked about, but if you can close quarters with Kevin Durant or Devin Burker, Booker and then open the next with the other, that can help with that. I think KD is underrated in what he's going to add to this Suns defense, especially in the playoffs with their uh, love of playing team defense, with his ability to guard multiple positions, his weak side defense. I think for me, do uh, they, who's the fifth guy? Do they have enough two-way lineups that work for them? Ten. Is DeAndre Ayton still going to be able to hold up and pick and roll? That's always a question mark for me. And then what do you do about teams telling Chris Paul, please come here and defend? Okay, so this video is like nine minutes long or so. So if you want to watch the full version, highly recommend you checking it out. But basically one of the um, topics of conversation that was brought up from each person was the fifth guy. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them wanted to know who was the fifth guy, what were they going to play like, all that kind of stuff. So how concerned are you about the fifth guy? And do you still think it's Josh Kogi? 
I, I'm not concerned. And I do think Josh Kilge is the primary fifth guy. Uh, but they're gonna you're gonna see them kind of fluctuate depending on who's who's really feeling what in, in certain games. There's gonna be games where hell, it, it could be Terrence Ross, it could be TJ Warren that could be that that fifth guy. They have a versatile lineup um and, and versatile depth that that can really help out when it comes to that fifth guy. So I'm not too worried about the Suns and who they could put at that fifth because of the the diversity that they have across that lineup of guys that can go top, they can get to the hole, all that stuff. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I I think Josh Okogie's the starter. I mean, I, I know that's not what they're talking about as the fifth guy. They're talking in different lineups, but I think Josh remains the starter. And then yeah, Monty will go with the hot hand depending on what's going on and matchups. I certainly think that. Well, he also mentions, you know, do they have enough two way uh two-way lineups and i think with tory craig uh, moving into that second unit and out of the starting lineup obviously tonight that wasn't the case but in most of these rotations i think they're gonna have more than enough two-way lineups uh now because he adds that defensive prowess on that second unit and if bismack biombo uh is okay and that knee contusion doesn't keep him out uh when it comes to the playoffs that's another defensive-minded guy uh, that can play in that second unit. I think they're fine in both the fifth the fifth guy and in the uh, in the defensive uh, lineups as well. Yeah, I, I think I'm less concerned about the fifth guy from a starting standpoint as I am a closing standpoint. Yeah. I think we've seen in recent games. Obviously, you can't take too much with some of the opponents we've had, but like Josh Okogie has kind of gotten phased out down the stretch a little bit, and they've gone with Tory Craig. Um, because I think Akogi, I think he's shooting like 31 or 32% from three since the start of March. So that has kind of trailed off. Craig is a guy who, even though he doesn't seem as trustworthy, he's shooting a career high, nearly 40%. So I think down the stretch, Craig can do not as well as Akogi with the athleticism and some of the defensive plays, but he can still hold his own defensively. He crashes the boards a lot like Akogi does. Um, and so he might be the guy who gets the nod down the stretch as that fifth guy. Either way, you're going to need one of those two to hit shots to be that guy. And I think that's where Monty has some leverage or some flexibility to, to look at his players and say, okay, do we need offense? Let's try Terrence Ross or let's try somebody else as opposed to a defensive-minded guy like Craig or Akogi. And I don't mind Craig closing out games because, I think part of the problem with him starting was he was playing so many minutes. But if you're playing him that 17 to 20 minute mark that like we've seen with him coming off the bench, but he's closing out a game, I'm fine with that because he operates in those uh, in those bursts, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's not a long stretch guy. He's a I'm going to give you everything I got in a five minute span, and I'm I'm okay as long as you've kept those minutes in check, and he can give you. Uh, that that all-out effort in those final moments. And, and as Charles mentioned in the chat, Josh does a good job of drawing fouls. So even if he's not missing, he can still impact the offense mm-hmm. by cutting, by crashing the offensive boards, and by getting the free-throw line. He had eight tonight. He had six the other night against Denver. So mm-hmm. that is one way he can make up for that lack of shooting if he's not hitting. Well, Jeremy hit the nail on the head. Josh got to get back to that knockdown three-point shooter status. <laughs> yes. We need that Josh Shikogi back in the mix. Like, sir, it's still 2023. What are you doing? <laughs> we had already uh, all collectively decided 2023 was the year of Josh Shikogi knockdown three-point shooter. Did we all collectively decide? Yeah. <laughs> I decided for us. Okay. <laughs> you guys are on board whether you want to be on board okay. or not. I'm on board. I don't want to be on board with something bad right now. 
It's not bad. It's <laughs> a good thing. If, if Josh Agogi is a knocked out three point shooter, that is not bad. But he's not. That's but he's the gotta problem. be. If you speak we it just, into existence, you gotta you gotta actually believe it. You Saul. just have to believe. It's Stop like being the, so negative, Nancy. It's like Tinkerbell. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I can okay. fly. Yeah. Just have to believe for it to exist. All right. So another topic <laughs> that was brought up was DA in the pick and roll. Does that concern you guys? No. Uh, no. Not really. This will be something I'm writing about for next week, but um, there are counters to that. Teams are going to go drop coverage because if they're going to give something away, it's going to be D.A. in the mid-range because we know if he catches the ball with space, he's not going to put the ball mm -hmm. down and go to the basket. So um, it's not something that concerns me. It is something that they'll need to be smart about. And if he just hits his mid-range jumper, then problem yeah. solved. Uh, he's been worse on that. He's been worse on his hook shots this year compared to last year. So those are areas that hopefully he'll be getting back to playoff DA soon. All right. And then the final thing that was mentioned that we'll discuss here is Chris Paul's defense. And they said, you know, when other teams challenge Chris Paul to defend them, do you have a concern with Chris Paul's ability there? I have concerns of his ability to get worn down because of the amount of defense he's going to have. They're going to challenge him to play. Um, I, I do have concerns about that. We've seen him wear, wear down before. Now, again, it really feels like maybe he rope-a-doped everybody this year. So maybe he's got uh, enough in the tank to get through the playoffs. Listen, I think one of the things that that maybe we didn't take into account for is he's, he was in the league 19 years, and he's tried it every which way. Um, and I think this year maybe he came into it with a completely different mindset, with a goal in mind that – I just got to get to the playoffs. And once I get to the playoffs, if I'm at full st strength and speed, um, then then I can put it all out there. And uh, the way he's been playing down the stretch, especially shooting the ball and really not focusing so much as of being the facilitator that he is and more of like, okay, the defense is giving me, I got to take this. Because if he doesn't in the playoffs, it's actually a bad play because they're giving you wide open shots if you're Chris Paul, you got to take those wide open shots. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I'm not so concerned, but I will have an eye on it if, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, of of the five starters, sure he's the weakest link defensively, but he's also not horrible. Like this isn't this isn't like Steve Nash back in the day where you can just focus on him and pick him apart and go to town. And I, and I'm not. This is yeah, more to their point, not anything for sure. But it's so. more of just from a physical standpoint, constantly being the guy that they're going after over and over and over again. That's all I'm really referring no. I to. but I think that's a bad strategy if that's what a team's going to go with. That oh, we're going to try to uh, try to just hound Chris Paul. I I I don't think that's a winning strategy. For anybody, this team is is good enough team defensive wise and everything. Uh, and Chris Paul has proven time and time again that when you challenge him, he finds a way to step up. I mean, we've seen guys this year try to post him up. Never seems to work. Like we said, he's got that old man strength uh, <laughs> in that way. Uh, sure, is he probably the weakest link in those five starters on defense? Yeah, but... I'm not overly concerned about Sometimes, it. Sometimes, not even all the time. No, because uh, there's been some times where, as much as we love Josh Okogie, um, there's been a bit, uh, a few times where he's kind of olayed on the defensive side, whether it's miscommunication or no backside help. But you've seen him like kind of just stop at the free throw line and become a turnstile from time to time. So everybody has their faults, mm -hmm. um, but it does look like this this team is starting to gel defensively. 
um, just right the, at just the right time. Yeah, and, and I do think with Chris, one thing that'll help, ironically, with his defense might be the way that the Suns run their offense now. It's not so dependent on Chris taking the ball mm -hmm. up the court so many times. Um, when they've when there have been opposing coaches in town, I've kind of asked their opinion on Chris Paul, and one of them was Doc Rivers, and he was saying, I think it's good for him to be off the ball more because it people don't realize how physically taxing it is when you have to just bring the ball up the court especially with the way teams guard him. They hound him. They make him zigzag just to get it across the damn half-court line. And now the Suns don't do that anymore. They take a lot of that pressure, that physical load away from him. Um, and I think that will help keep him fresher defensively, even when teams start to target him a little bit more and try to turn him into a pigeon. We had a couple comments in the chat that I like. Aaron, thank you for yours. Said this past offseason, the goal was to face CP3 off his second scoring option. I'd say it's a success and should help with being worn down as the playoffs <laughs> go on. It's only a success because you got KD. It was a success before that with Mikhail. Yeah, Mikhail was also mm, taking yeah. the load. It, it, I was he struggling. was. Mikhail was taking that load the last month he was here. Before that, Mikhail was not okay, taking the load at all. that's a couple months now that CP3 hasn't had to carry a load. <laughs> so it's a win. It's 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 gotten a lot better in recent months for sure. Yeah. And it, it looks like it's in a, a much better place heading into the playoffs. As he alluded to, trading for Kevin Durant sure doesn't hurt that. <laughs> and then Eldon said, CP's defensive IQ and quick hands make him a pretty great, quote, worst defender. Yes. yes. Well, yeah. He's, he's just the weakest link of the five. He's, yeah. he's the worst defender in the league at such the at such a high level. But, <laughs> the but, worst of the best? But, no, I'm sorry, on his team. On his sorry, team, on his yeah. team, not the league. Sorry. But, but and this is a team very much predicated on team defense too. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not concerned. All right. Well, Gerald told you he's going to be writing some great stuff over at gophnext.com. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. And also, while you're over there, take a look at what becoming a diehard will get you. I'll tell you here, but look at it actually like on the website because then you get all the information at the exact same time. If you have any questions, you can always see everything that's available there. But like being a diehard is super cool because you get access to Gerald's newsletter, which comes directly to your inbox. And that is specifically curated content just for you. And if you are also a Coyotes fan or a Cardinals fan or whatever fan of any team that we cover here, you can also get on that newsletter list as well. You get a free shirt upon signing up. You get discounts on our merch. You get discounts on our events. We just had a takeover last night. If you were in um, the chat last night, you saw the pictures from that. You get discounts on a whole bunch of stuff. You also get um, access to purchase an exclusive Die Hard members only jacket. And you get this cool like box thing that gets delivered to your door when you sign up with a Membership members only card, card. Yep. which is pretty dope. So there's a lot of cool reasons um, that you would want to become a diehard. The di the Discord is probably the, one of the biggest ones. Oh yeah, I think the Discord is super fun. Well, Everyone in there is so kind, so nice, always sharing all types of things. I've never so, had a bad experience on our Discord. So, so and the Suns one? We've no, had to, we've had to, we've had to slap some some hands here and oh. there. Well, I missed those messages. All of my experiences have been positive. But check it out. Uh, go phnext.com, or if you're looking to pick up. Merch before the playoffs. You can find all of our merch at phnextlocker.com. The most important thing is that you're surrounded by a community of people that love your team as much as you do. That's mm -hmm. the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. You got to come aboard. 
you got to be part of our community because what we do is unlike anybody else. I don't, this literally does not exist anywhere else outside of like your Facebook group pages and all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. But we, we make the, the digital come to life. That's what we do here at at PHNX. (laughs) Exactly. Also, I want to remind you guys, there's a lot of fun stuff happening in April, obviously sun's in the playoffs and every away playoff game, we will be hanging out out at Bet MGM Sportsbook in Glendale, but also on the Cardinals side of things, the NFL draft is happening on April 27th, and that is going down at Four Peaks 8th Street Pub with PHNX Cardinals. We're going to be out there. The PHNX Cardinal guys will be doing a live show throughout the draft, giving you real-time coverage and how it affects the Cardinals so you get it from a local perspective. Uh, you can register for free in the link in our show notes to take advantage of beer specials, but it's going to be a good time. Four Peaks is a great place. The beer is fantastic. The food is amazing. You do have to be 21 years or older to enjoy the beer, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. But again, April 27th, the NFL draft is happening at Four Peaks down in Tempe. So don't miss out on the action. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock are going to bring you the best coverage in town. I don't care what other places will tell you about being football this and Cardinals that, except no substitute. These guys are the real deal. They're going to give you the best coverage. They're not going to blow smoke up your ass about things. They're going to tell you like it is. So get out there, be out there for the draft party, (laughs) and support these guys. All right. Emma, you got a producer surprise for us? Wait, wait, before she does that, Charles Woodall Pike is right here. Um, Happy birthday. It is yes. his birthday. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Happy birthday Charles. Charles. <laughs> An OG PH next diehard. That's mm-hmm. facts. Like literally one. one of the first yeah. 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. All right, Emma, what you got for us? All right. <laughs> I always I always have to start it off like that. Okay, guys. So this one, I, okay, I wanted to do this last night, but we didn't have time for it. Um, cause it's kind of baseball themed. You have to speak up a little okay. bit. I can't hear you from over here. Well, get hearing aids, bud. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll move the mic further away. Sorry. Um, starting lineup, our normal starting lineup. Mm-hmm. What would their walkout song be? Oh God. All is one or individual walk? Individual. Oh man. Jeez. Cause in baseball it's individual. So okay. what would, we can start. Do you want me to like list them or do but, you want to? Uh, Josh Kogi would be the uh, fan of the opera song. I think he earned that <laughs> from wearing the uh, the face mask. Uh, Book would be any Bad Bunny song because he's got to troll that <laughs> shit oh, right man. now. <laughs> I, I I think I'd play that actual line referencing me and come out with the 11. Just to, uh, uh, holding up, show the attitude, right? Hmm. That's a tough one. I feel like KD's didn't. Okay, do you remember the Undertaker, the bells that he Dude, came out with? Dude, I was just with? gonna say yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. Holy shit! Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, or like absolutely. Hell's Bells by ACDC or right. something like that. Like that's definitely got to be. He's got to go dark with it. KD yeah. does. Oh man, that's the only one that's like or super where, easy. I, I don't know why I'm thinking Where I Roam by Metallica. <laughs> something, that's but something solid. along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. like like old school, yeah. Uh, yeah. older mm-hmm. school rock for sure. What about Chris? Yeah, I feel like it's got to be something funny. Like, a, yeah. not funny, but a fun song that makes you want to kind of dance a little bit. Yeah. Chris, That's a DA song. Chris Paul will come out to Who Shot You? God bless. <laughs> you got to watch your back. Unbelievable. Book is hard. 
Book? Books is the hardest. Uh, book is I, he would probably come out to his own shit off. Book of, uh, would be the of Travis Scott. Wet yeah. like I'm look. Wet like I'm yeah. book. That's boring though. Yeah, well, but book he loves is Drake. Is, is book, book, book is, is not, boring. Yeah, book is kind of boring. I mean, I know. I love him to death, but he's but like, he's kind of like book is just he's straightforward, and that's why yeah. he's a trendsetter. He just goes with the obvious cool thing. And Drake, the song where Drake name drops him would be the obvious cool thing. I feel like is he a trendsetter? Yes. Yeah. How so? Absolutely. With the cars, with all of the sponsorships that he gets, he's absolutely a trendsetter. Wait, but other people you know what book should do, though? No, but like the classic vintage no. cars. The and vintage but he cars. should lean into his heritage more. He should come out to some Vicente Fernandez. Like all of the boxers who rep Mexico <laughs> yeah. do, he should do the same thing. What, what about? That's what book should come out Maybe he should really, really embrace it and go back to... Bring it coming out to like a lighter shade of brown. Let's go. <laughs> oh my God. God. I feel like CP3 should come out to Let's Old go. Town Road by Lil Nas X. Old Town Road. Like, you've, seen that, you've seen that photo from his Houston days where he came in in the yeah. cowboy Chris year. Paul? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Chris Paul. I think I think he could he have did, some fun. That was that. a fantastic photo. Yeah. Just that that photo, the the old uh, reference. Yeah. I, think, I, I like, like that. It was like goes to Texas Roadhouse yeah. once. Like, yeah, that was his outfit. <laughs> it was great. He goes to Texas Roadhouse once. It was hilarious. He looked, okay, he looked like Marty McFly in Back to the Future Three <laughs> when they dress him up to go back to the old west. Like, I know Saul doesn't get that I reference don't. because he refuses I to don't. watch the best trilogy ever. The best trilogy ever. <laughs> One of them, oh, man. Yeah. All right, Joshua Kogi, we can't do, we can't leave it, Phantom. Of yeah, Fan. That's way. That's I get it, but we got to pick a, oh, a real oh, one. Oh, uh, we could do a uh, mask off. Mask off. That's there you solid. go. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a also one. low hanging fruit. Yeah, but at least it's a little bit more up tempo than Phantom of the oh, Opera. Hold on, I love. But I both love of them literally like, have we to do with the mask. Yeah, no suggestions, suggestions <laughs> but she's shitting on us. Yeah. What do you want it to yeah. be? Yeah, what do you want? You pick. That's why I literally said his is hard, but we can't just go with the low hanging fruit. <laughs> we got to come up with a better one. I don't want to play these rules. <laughs> this is. It just comes into a rule game. It's not even about rules. It's just low hanging fruit. That's I all. think. I think Jo is very basic. I like as well. I think he's going with like J Cole. Drake. They all would pick Jay yeah, Don Don song. Could, You can't sure. just name artists. You gotta give us a song. Oh, you know, I think he would come out to, you know, Metallica or ACDC. Like, like, intense, okay, but there's like, like eighty nine thousand songs amongst them. Intense? People. Yeah. Okay. It would have to be like almost like EDM for the way he like crashes the boards. Like something that's just fucking nonstop. Like, what about, like, uh, like, like Bonfire by Night Party or something. Why am I thinking like of uh uh, nine Inch Nails. The climb back, J Cole. Hmm. The climb back, J Cole. I need to hear that song. Bad Blood by Taylor Swift. Stop yeah. it. Stop <laughs> it. I knew you were trouble when you walked in by Taylor Swift. Oh I mean, see, listen, God. Priscilla in the chat gets it. They said, "Not Lindsay, the creative director." <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla gets it. She said they would all pick NBA Young Boy. That's true. Just be Nevada on loop. I mean, I feel like anytime you ask any athlete who their go-to artist is, it's always J. Cole is usually number one. Drake is a second. And then it kind of varies from there. But those two always seem to be in the top two for sure. I like that. That was a good one, Emma. Thanks for the producer surprise. <laughs> we did come up with some good songs for them. I feel like we had a few pretty good ones. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we did. 
Maybe we should make that. We'll have to see. <laughs> As I love Espo, he always gets what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, I came up with the exact same one you did. We were on the same page with Kevin Durant. We were. We were, were we not? And then you shut down right after that. <laughs> no, I had a good idea for a book. Anyway, <laughs> I put in enough effort. I'm I out. Like, I'm done. I'm tired of being here. I want to go home. All right. We're going home. Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you. You can follow the show on Twitter at PHNX underscore sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. I feel bad for all those hotel attendants and flight attendants. They're going to have to deal with Lucas complaining. Enjoy Cancun. And we'll see you next year. Ahoy, hoy! Pass the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, I've always wrecked the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. Always on the job, my team move like the mob. Turn the beat on, I throw it down.